When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. It's another episode of Sustainable Success Radio Show. Uh, We welcome anybody that's listening here today and will be listening on demand. We're going to have a great show today, but I just wanted to give you a background today that sustainable success is definitely gaining ground. Uh, We're getting a lot of people talking about it. And the key, again, about sustainable success is really looking at the big picture and looking at the people that are involved in your business including your your business partners, your clients, and everything that goes into what sustainable success is. Uh, For those that are new to the show, you can find us at the Voice America Influencer Channel, also on Facebook at Sustainable Success. And today's show, we're going to be discussing bootstrapping your way to sustainable success. And we got the CEO of FreeUp.com. His name is Nation Hirsch, and I'm going to give you a brief background about him. He's a very interesting uh, fellow, and uh, he's going to have some great information to share with you today. So Nathan has been a serial entrepreneur ever since he graduated uh, college, and he's an expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He has been selling online for over seven years and has sold over $25 million worth of product through his e-commerce business. He is now the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, the on-hands hiring marketplace, connecting hundreds of online business owners with reliable, pre-vetted remote workers. Uh, His company is redefining how businesses are able to hire remote freelancers online. And right now, Nathan has been making the rounds and talking on a wide variety of different podcasts and radio shows, such as Entrepreneur on Fire, Eventual millionaire, and many, many more. He currently resides in Orlando, Florida, and it is a pleasure and uh, to have Nathan here with us today. He's also a fellow CEO space member like myself, and I'd like to introduce Nathan Hirsch. Nation, hi, how are you doing? Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great. How about you? Great. Well, hey, we, we got a great topic today that I wanted to discuss about bootstrapping your ways to sustainable success. And, uh, you know, with any business, whether if you're an entrepreneur or a corporation, you know, it really comes down to the people that are working with you, the t- you know, the right types of people that are going to provide that sustainability for your business to go forward. And there's many different strategies to go about doing that. And with what you're doing with FreeUp in terms of, you know, bootstrapping your way to success – Wanted to provide the listeners today what bootstrapping means when it comes to, uh, you know, pre-vetting remote workers and so forth. Yeah. So if you're starting a company and you don't have investor, you don't have funding, or maybe you're like me and you started your first company with $20, reinvesting back into your business is key. And the best investment you can make is people and high quality people. Most startups, most bootstrap companies, they don't have the money to buy some huge ad agency or to hire even full-time staff to start off. So you really have to take advantage of what's out there, hiring high-quality freelancers, part-time workers to start. Maybe eventually as you grow, move them over to full-time. And doing that strategically is the best way to invest in your business. It can, be, it can lead you to 
to really make everything efficient, but on top of that, open up avenues that you might not be able to do. If you don't specialize in advertising or you don't specialize in building websites, you can get access to top talent hiring freelancers around the world to help take your business to the next level. That is so true. And, you know, with, you know, with the, you know, you know, social media and websites, you know, it's so easy, what, what, what terms to be easy in, you know, finding this type of information. What do you feel in terms of when you look at companies overall or, you know, of any sizes, how many are really taking advantage of this particular opportunity to find these people through these types of uh, platforms? Yeah, not enough. Um, So I kind of categorize people that need to hire into three parts. You've got the people who have never hired before and they're scared and and they're so stuck in their ways of of doing everything themselves that they don't want to take anything off their plate. And those people hit the ceiling really fast. Then you've got the people who have hired before and they've made bad hiring mistakes. Maybe they hired that expensive agency and they didn't get a return on investment or they hired someone and they invested training into them only to have them walk out the door and take a different job offer. And those people, they're stuck. They're, their business isn't moving forward because they're afraid to reinvest back into their company again. And then you've got the business owners that they've had success and they've gotten to a point in their company where they're so big that they just don't have time to interview lots of candidates. And they either hire quickly and make mistakes and it costs their business money, which sets them back, or they just don't hire anymore because they don't have the time and the day to actually do it. So that's what I've been trying to build with FreeUp is a way to get access to top talent fast because it's just so important as a business owner. You can never have enough talent on your team. You can never surround yourself with enough experience, enough new ideas of people that are actually motivated and bring things to the table that help you get to the next level. That makes sense. Absolutely. And and this is such an interesting concept. So, I mean, when you're looking at, you know, freelancers and there's so many out there and, and, and they, there's so many different types of experts in what they do. In terms of right now, I mean, where do you feel companies are going to benefit the most? I mean, going this route, obviously, this is where you're at or, you know, hiring people direct. You know, what are the advantages and disadvantages of, you know, looking at either side, you know, looking at freelancers versus full-time employees? Yeah, so the best companies, as they grow, they do a combination of both. You have to remember that hiring a full-time person isn't always necessary. And sometimes there are cons like the extra health insurance and taxes and stuff that you have to pay. But then on top of that, if you have an office, you're almost paying a premium to have someone show up there. You're also competing with all the businesses around you um, that are also looking for similar talent, which tends to drive the price up or lead to turnover down the line. It's also harder and harder to build that internal company culture that makes people want to stay there. And then on top of that, you have to deal with stuff like raises and bonuses and, and drama, which, which I hate. And one thing that I hated when I had an office was the, the in-office drama that would just come up out of nowhere. Um, with the freelancers, it is a, a bit of a challenge. You have to know how to deal with remote workers, which is a completely new. And, and I remember when I was getting started for the first time, I made a lot of rookie mistakes. And you have to really be dedicated to building that culture even if it's remote, because you don't want to pass over a task to someone, just have them do it and have them have no idea how they're impacting the company or what, or what the purpose is or what the company's all about, the reason why. So that's really important when you're dealing with freelancers. The kind of freelancers is they're going to have other clients. It's important that you set those expectations up front of when they're going to work for you, how many hours a week, how long the project is going to take, whereas the full-time employee is completely yours. 
the, the contractor is really their own business, and, and you kind of have to respect that and go in with the mentality that you're hiring them for a particular job or task or, or part-time ongoing, but they're not necessarily yours unless you commit to that full-time. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, if you're looking at a freelancer, you know, let's say they're handling different projects for different businesses. I mean, obviously, it comes down to priorities. What's going to be really more important to them? So how does a company strategize in finding the right freelancer in this case? Do they have to pay more money to get their attention? Is it about, you know, the project itself, making sure there's the proper alignment because the, the freelancer is really excited about it? You know, get into a little bit, uh, you know, if you could explain, Nathan, about what would be a good strategy with a company that, say, for the first time is kind of looking at this, but they're, they, they, don't, they don't really see the advantages quite right away. Sure. So it, it all starts at the beginning of what kind of people and what quality people you're finding. And the biggest mistake I see people make is they hire for skill set. They find that person with a lot of experience that has a track record of success that's been there and done that and has that impressive resume and great LinkedIn profile, but they ignore the other variables. To me, attitude and communication just get left out of the equation. I'm, when we're vetting people to let them into our free up network, yes, we want the skills. But we also want a great attitude. We want someone who's a workaholic, that's passionate about what they do, that doesn't just do it for the paycheck, that, that comes in every day with a smile and doesn't just have bad days three times a week. Then on the communication side, we're looking for people that will give updates, that won't just disappear, that know what strong communication is all about. Because I don't care how talented you are, if you can't communicate with me, it's never going to work out. And so identifying those, those two other variables before you make the hire is incredibly important. And then once you make the hire, how you integrate them, how you train them, how you set those expectations up front really determines the success down the line. You need to be upfront with what are your pet peeves? How do you want to be communicated with? How many updates do you want? Do you really want to hand someone a project and get an update a month later and then have to pivot because maybe something went wrong? Or do you want daily updates or weekly updates? So setting those expectations up front is where a lot of people go wrong. They hire that really good person and even if that good person has really good intentions and they may have worked with other clients before that had their own expectations, they're going on their past experience. They're not necessarily going on what you want, what you expect, what you need for your business. So it's important that you laid out how you want your company run and hire people that will adapt to that. Yeah, that really, that makes sense. I mean, it really comes down to not just the skill, but really looking at what their attitude is, are they authentic, transparent? Is there a synergy that you could pick up between what, you know, if you're the business owner or business leader in an organization, is there synergy with that uh, pre-vetted remote worker or um, freelancer? So I think that really plays a role, a major role in that. What are, I mean, if you could cover with us some examples of some success stories with companies that are going this route, where, where are the trends pointing to? Sure. So one of the big things that I've seen is people are getting away from the agency route. A lot of agencies, they'll go in and they'll have these huge monthly fees with big commitments and you get stuck in them. Um, and a lot of times what's good for one company might be good, might not be good for another. So when you're identifying freelancers. If you hire someone for an hour or two, you get a chance to really work with them, to try them, to have them create a game plan with you. And then sometimes 
you come up with a, you have someone come up with a game plan and you realize, you know what, I think I can do better. And you can audible without making those huge commitments. So that's why it, I've avoided agencies in the past, because if I'm trying out a new agency, I don't want to commit before I know what I'm going to get. With hiring freelancers, you can do that. You can let someone go if they're not the right fit. So that's a trend that I've seen. And it's something that unless you're, you're a big company that, or you know a very respected agency that you know will do a good job or maybe you use them before, I try to go the freelance route, especially when bootstrapping, as long as possible. The other trend that I see is people just getting a few hours in their day back. By hiring a freelancer in the morning, and I do this myself, the first three hours of every day, I have someone that helps me clear out my emails and my Skypes and, and stuff like that, just gives me a head start on the day so that I can focus on expansion and marketing and things that actually grow my business rather than just answering the same customer email over and over again. So I have a lot of top clients that will just hire those person, those people to have a, a report ready for them when they wake up or to just help them clear everything out in the first hour of the day so that they get a head start and they can focus back on their business. Yeah, that, that is, I mean, I guess where you're probably saying there is that it really allows you as the business leader or the entrepreneur running the business that you could really focus in on your strengths and what you're good at. And that frees up time, it gives you more time back to do that, meaning that you're able to add more value. So from what I can gather, this is taking the things that maybe perhaps are not strengths to these entrepreneurs or businesses and offsetting that to the freelancer that can free up that time. So it's a way of almost like you're, you're, you're getting close to automating your business in a way, you know, that, so that way, you know, frees up time to ha- allow you to do more things and, you know, maybe perhaps uh, go into a different markets, develop new products by freeing up that time. Would that be correct? Yeah. I mean, it's a way of automating without technology. You come up with really good systems and really good processes. And and I've been doing this for years, even with my own Amazon store from filling orders and responding to customers' emails and, and making sure tracking numbers actually get delivered and following up with customers. You can come up with these simple systems, hire lower level workers to do it and to get your time back. So you can focus on big picture stuff. And my business partner, Connor, and I have this mentality that you never do something for more than three months. After three months, you should have created a system and be ready to pass it over to someone else. Um, and that's really what we've stuck to. And, and what we mentioned in our book, Free Up Your Business, is, is that mentality of try new things, come up with a process, perfect it, and then pass it off and start working on the next process. That's great. And what would be some of the, you know, is, are there examples of any companies or industries, I know e-commerce, but any other industry segments that are really starting to embrace, you know, bootstrapping? You know, and and really seeing the advantages of where it could take them to automate and propel their businesses to another level. Absolutely. I I work with a lot of marketing firms. I work with um, a lot of real estate agents, even those doctors, lawyers and dentists that um, they they just get a lot of the same questions over and over again. They, they, They have the same needs. They need their website built and updated. They might have a blog that they constantly need. Uh, new content for. So they come up with these systems. So they have assistants that are uh, creating new articles and new content and keeping the website up to date and responding to messages that come in um, or even creating a call center of people to make outgoing sales calls or receive incoming calls. And you can create canned responses and scripts so that people get that same experience no matter if they call you at 8 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at night. So 
that's really the trend that I've seen happening and what I've been able to help a lot of businesses do. Um, and, and it just leads to expansion. It leads to growth. And there might be that two to three week period where you're creating the processes and you're training and it's a little, it's a little tiring and you're doing that same thing over and over again and you're not focusing on what you enjoy doing. But then you wake up one day and it's off your plate and then that's where the fun begins. Absolutely. Well, we got we got a break coming up, and you know we're going to expand a little bit further on uh, bootstrapping and again go into a little bit more length for the listeners. And I can't agree with you more. I think it's so important nowadays. I don't care if it's a business that is just starting out, or if it's a small business, a mid-sized business, even a large business, that you have to be creative. You have to be open-minded to looking for new strategies to leverage systems and to leverage strengths that are going to take you from either being stuck in a, at a plateau to get you to the next level. So this is so important. And so far, this is some great information, Nathan. And I think a, a lot of people that are going to be that are listening now and that will be listening on demand that are running organizations of whatever size can really benefit from. And I'm sure we're, we're going to get into a lot of other uh, good stuff here in the uh, second leg of the show. So I just wanted to remind everybody, you're listening to the Sustainable Success radio show. Again, you can find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success or the Voice America Influencer Channel. We're going to be going to break. And again, we're with Nathan Hirsch, CEO of FreeUp.com. And we'll be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Uh, we're here again with Nathan Hirsch, CEO of FreeUp.com. We're discussing the topic, bootstrapping your ways to sustainable success, uh, looking at the importance of using remote workers or freelances to enhance and take your business to another level, no matter what the size. And we had a great background of what bootstrapping is and some ideas about how companies can go about implementing that into their process. But we're going to go more into length about uh, the process here uh, over the next 18 minutes. And wanted to ask you, uh, Nathan, you know, how do companies, um, you know, when they're looking at what they're good at and what they're not, what are some of the ways that, that companies can look at, at defining their strengths and weaknesses and then going out and finding, using services like yours to find the right types of freelancers that fulfill those weaknesses for them? Sure. So it starts at the top. Um, most people, especially if they're doing a startup, have a business partner or two. Um, I did this way back in the day. My business partner, Connor, I met him in college. We worked together for years, and we had a lot of ups and some downs along the way. And one time we found ourselves in this down. We had been stepping on each other's toes. The business was a little bit all over the place. This was my Amazon business back in the day. And we found this activity online where we basically sat on my porch for around two hours, and we just went back and forth. Hey, you're good at, you're good at writing. You're bad at writing. You're, you're not a good website designer. You're not good at bookkeeping. We literally were as brutally honest as we could possibly be with each other and made a list of what we, what we were good at and what we were bad at. And what we noticed was we were very complimentary. What he was good at, I was bad at. What I was good at, he was bad at. And so we were able to divide up the tasks of the business to see who was in charge of what. So we were focusing on our strengths and not stepping on each other's toes. And from there, we also identified the weaknesses. Hey, we don't have someone that has an accounting background on our team. Hey, we don't have a graphic designer. So from there, you identify what you're missing, where those holes are, and then you can start to fill them with people on your team because the last thing you want is to hire someone just like you. Maybe if you're taking some stuff off your plate, you want someone with similar skills, but I almost want someone that has better skills than me. If I'm hiring someone to create a report for me, I want them to have years of Excel experience or whatever it is. So by identifying those holes, I could really see where the gaps in the company was. And then I could find talent to fill in those gaps. You don't have to do it right away, but slowly fill them in. And that's how you have a lot of success and how you don't, how you stay stable and growing as a company because things come up. And if you don't have that proper skill set on your team, you can get caught off guard. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, I see a lot of companies personally, again, it doesn't matter what the size that can be, you know, a few employees to, uh, you know, 50 or more. And a lot of times, you know, companies think that they're doing themselves good by saving money by, you know, taking existing people in their organization and they're multitasking across different areas. But what you end up finding is they end up focusing on the things that they're really not good at. So they think, well, while they're saving some money because, you know, they're having people do multiple tasks in the long run, that is not sustaining their business. And, when you think about the freelancer or the remote worker where you can leverage and then perhaps automate that weakness where it complements something that you do as a strength, 
that long term, le- you know, lends itself to sustainability. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I, I totally agree, and that's something that I consult with people about. I see it all the time. Um, I, I work with a lot of clients that they they had this run of success, and all of a sudden they took a step backwards because maybe someone on their team left, and they haven't been able to identify why why they're not moving forward at that fast pace. And what I try to do is have them identify all the things that happen on a week-to-week and one month-to-month basis, all the skill sets that they have on their team, and what's lacking. And if you figure out what's lacking, you can quickly get someone with that talent, with that experience, to fill the gap and get the company back on track. And it, it moves a lot faster than you think. Yeah, that's true. And you know, and if you're an organization, again, if you're running a business unit, you're running the company, you know, again, this might be easier said than done. A lot of times companies, while from a macro level can understand this, from a micro level, it's a whole different ballgame. So how does one that's responsible for this area, how do they go about, again, determining what to focus on and what not to focus on? Yeah, so that's a great question. So it's tough on a strategy level, it's tough to figure out what you should focus on and what you shouldn't. A lot of that is trial and error when you're a startup and you have to be yeah. willing to pivot. Um, when, when I started my Amazon business, I did not think that I would be selling baby products as a 20-year-old in college. Um, I started off selling DVDs and books and I eventually did a lot of trial and error to figure out the direction um, that I would go in. But once I identified the, the proper direction, then you can say, hey, to get this business to the next level, I need a customer service rep. I need someone who knows Amazon ads. And you can kind of identify where the weaknesses are once you get in a certain direction. But that initial stage of figuring out what to do and what direction to go in is more on a strategic level. Um, and you need to make sure that you have people on your team that are willing to do that trial and error. I know Connor and I, we spent hours and hours brainstorming different ideas and coming up with lists of the pros and cons of each one, and then figuring out, hey, this one has a, a higher percentage to work than this, and then trying it and using that result, using the results to really dictate um, how we go forward. If all of a sudden baby products started selling, let's list more baby products. If we've been listing toys for three weeks and we're getting nowhere, let's pull back the, that listing time and invest it in something else to try it. So that's really the, really the mentality that I talk about in my book. And that's how I encourage a lot of startups to get off the ground. Another example of that is when I was running free up, um, I thought it was going to be more of an Amazon consulting um, firm and provide Amazon workers. And when I got into it, I saw much more of that need that I I knew was there, but I realized it's much more than just Amazon sellers. It's businesses across the board. So I was able to pivot and realize, hey, these people need graphic designers. They need bookkeepers. They need writers. And I was able to take my business to the next level by adjusting to what the market was telling me. Yeah, and you and you've used that word pivot, and that is such a, a powerful word, and, and something that you're starting to hear a lot from. Matter of fact, I have a, a friend of mine, Adam Markell, that uses that that word pivot. Matter of fact, it's uh, one of the main it's words in his too. new book. <laughs> so you know Adam as well. So you know, yeah. and and again, you know, pivoting means that you're able to kind of you see the big picture. But things are going to come up that you're going to have to change course, even though it's going in, you know, in the direction you want to go. And and a lot of times companies, you know, when this happens, this is where they get stuck. So, you know, talk about a little bit again, you know, again, we might already stated a lot of this, but kind of just talk about it, how it relates to pivoting, why that is so important. 
Yeah, I don't want to use Adam's word. For me, it's important to trial and error different things and then go on that path that the market's telling you. And and when you do that, it might require a change in personnel or it might require it might require you to hire an expert in something that you, you don't know about it, you're not comfortable about, because I can spend the next six months becoming a Google AdWords certified, but that's not a good use of my time. And there's an opportunity cost that comes with it. So if I realize that, hey, these Google ads that I just put up by myself, they have a little bit of traction and I need to take it to the next level. Let's hire a consultant to come in and, and get their thoughts on it before I invest a lot of money. And if I like that person, let's hire them to take my ads to the next level and really manage and run them themselves. And that's just one example of of something I'm able to do. Once I figure out, hey, we need to go in this direction, you then put the team together that you need to really go in that direction at a full force. Yeah. And you mentioned, I mean, when you, because when you're looking at pivoting, let's say, for instance, you know that you have to make a pivot at, at somewhere, you know, to change course, but yet you're heading in the right direction where, you know, you know what your long term vision is. But I guess when you're looking at a remote worker or freelancer, you know, you're you're seeing if this is the right fit. If this is, you know, if this if this person is actually fulfilling that weakness to get you to where you have to go, and if for any reason they're not, again, you can pivot again and be looking for someone else. Whereas if you had hired that person right off this, you know, right from the beginning, and it didn't work out, you know, there's a process. You know, there's a process of hiring, and there's a process of letting somebody go. And there's a lot of time that 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 takes, especially when ramping people up. So I think this is where you know pivoting is important, and where you know looking at pre-vetted remote workers and freelancers can really play an important role in a company because, like you said, it's trial and error. And what a what a better way to be looking at freelancers in order to go through that process? Would you agree? Yeah. And the other side of it is you have to value your time a lot. If it took me three weeks to find this person and remembering that it's not a one size fits all industry, that someone could be a really good worker and not be the right fit for your company. You don't want to spend another three weeks on top of that, finding someone else. So that's really why I put together this network of pre-vetted workers. And 90 plus percent of the time, it's a great fit because these workers can adjust to multiple companies and multiple management styles. But if it's not, we're, we have a new worker ready to go. You get that new person the next day within hours or minutes. So we, we know that, that stuff like that happens in business. You might change direction or come up with a new idea overnight um, or just realize that whatever you're doing isn't working and you need to bring someone else with a different skill set on. And being able to do that rapid fire at a high speed is so crucial in, in business. And up until now, there hasn't been a great way to do that yet. Um, and I remember just being frustrated in myself that I wasn't able to, to pivot or change directions or implement, implement my new ideas fast enough because I didn't have the, the manpower, the access to, to pre-vetted people. Everything was a process and it really limited me as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that really makes sense. And I, and I feel like, you know, the listeners today are getting some great information on the importance you know, as another alternative to look at this. So as we're looking at, you know, bootstrapping, you know, as, you know, as part of an overall strategy, can you discuss how a entrepreneur that leads a business or a, you know, business leader running a, a business unit or a company in general, what are, what, what would go into diversifying their team? What are some of the things they need to look at? 
Yeah, so this is the other big mistake that clients come to me all the time. Um, I actually had a client this week that came to me. He hired a group of friends, and one person decided to slack off, and he had to fire them. And because he fired that one person, the entire group quit to follow their friend. And that's diversity to the extreme or not diversified at the extreme. Hiring a bunch of either friends or family or a close group so that if one person leaves, you're, you're out of an entire team. The other side of that that I see a lot is people will come to me because they've hired this all-star virtual assistant. They spend months finding this person. They're great. They have the right background, the right attitude, the right skill set. They invest training and training into them. They teach them how to do customer service and bookkeeping and, and how to do their sales pitches the right way and how to master their writing style. And then one day that person, maybe they get pregnant or maybe they get another job offer and their entire business goes on hold until they find a replacement or a sub or a backup. And so to me, it's so important to diversify and to really divide up tasks. You want to make your business so that it's foolproof from people leaving. Turnover is so expensive. It can happen in the blink of the eye. If your company is dependent on one worker, uh, it could go down at any moment. So having, having the ability to have different workers doing different things and making it so that your entire company does not revolve around one worker and making sure all the workers you have come from different places with different backgrounds and aren't necessarily connected with each other is incredibly important. And it's something that if you're just getting started, if you, if you take away anything from this, uh, from this conversation, take that away because you can start doing it at the beginning and it's so easy to get yourself to do it. Um, and it's going to help you out so much in the long run. You don't want to spend years building up your company only to have it stall for six months because the core of your team walked out the door one day. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, I, I mean, that's what separates, you know, companies that operate at a, at the next level to the companies that operate, you know, on an average level is that they, they have hot, you know, the retention is high because they really invest in their people and then they really break down those people to focus in either on one or maybe two strengths. So they, they're, they're diversified across. So if some, something happens, somebody gets sick, somebody has to, you know, like somebody, like you mentioned, it might be pregnant. You know, they're, they're not able, they're able to not miss a beat because they're everything, you know, that person wasn't handling multiple things and now they're out and they're able to sustain going forward. And this is where I feel a lot of companies have to do their homework and looking at, at the long-term picture. They can't just be looking short-term, but long-term for that, that sustainability. So when we're looking at, you know, you know, when we talked about diversifying your team, I mean, how does, how does uh, an entrepreneur or business leader integrate and train their teams? If you can discuss a little bit about that area. Yeah, so the biggest mistake that I see people making here is that we talked about setting the goals and expectations, which should come way before training. You shouldn't train with anyone until you lay out exactly what you need and what you want and what you, what you expect out of the worker. And I actually have this free document. I call it the Client Expectations Doc. You can download it right in the Online Hiring Mastermind group um, or we post it on our blog um, or you just email me for it. And it's this great document that it has you answer questions like what your pet peeves are, what the goals are, what the timetables are, so that when you hire someone, you hand them a piece of paper and you, you just say, read this and ask me if you have any questions. 
make sure we're on the same page before we even get started. And it saves you so much time. And, and you'll have people that will read the document and be like, you know what, after reading this, I realize that this job just isn't for me. And that's what you want. You want people to quit before you invest time, before you invest um, energy into them. So setting those expectations up front, and then once you realize that you have someone that is on the same page with the expectations, the next biggest mistake is people do a lot of one-on-one training. They'll invest hours and hours sitting on Skype, doing screen share, um, which just sets you up for failure. If that person quits or it doesn't work out, you do it. You have to do it all over again. And remember, the goal is to value your time at an incredibly high level. So I always recommend that your first stage of training should be videos or training documents that you created. That way, you kind of have that next level because you can have them get on the same page with expectations, then have them watch a video or read some documents and then ask them questions and test them and make sure they're actually picking it up. And from there, if they are, then you can do one-on-one training that takes a lot less time to, to, to tweak and fine tune their skill set to make sure they're doing exactly what they want instead of teaching them from scratch. So it gives you extra layers of protection so that you're always valuing your time and that you can walk away before you significantly invest in someone else. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and another thing I think by doing that, that process is that it, 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 it will, you know, the person that that's the worker here, it's, they're, they're going to have to take initiative. You know, they're not being enabled. They're not having everything handed to them. They have to take the initiative to put in the time to watch these videos and do what is necessary. And also they, they, they have to be accountable. And this is a way to show if they are being accountable by viewing these videos and going through this process to see if they are absorbing this information. And what do you think? I mean, we only have a, a few minutes left to our next break, but just real quick, um, tell me like, you know, like what companies and what industries are you seeing that are doing this very well? You know, just a little background on that. Yeah. So I see this a lot with any company that requires a customer service person because Everyone can put on their resume, they have seven plus years of customer service experience. They can, they can write up some canned emails that may or may not have someone else that edited them. Um, they can say that they're a quick learner and, and all that stuff that goes with it. But until you have someone watch a document, or I'm sorry, watch a video and read a document and then spit that information back to you, you, you won't really know that they understand it and that they're a good fit. So whenever I'm hiring for customer service, I almost go in with the assumption, like you said, that, hey, you have to prove yourself to me. Just because I said we're going to hire, you're in test mode now. You're almost in probation. You have to show me that you're an all-star or else I'm just going to get someone else to do it. And having that mentality rather than like, all right, you're in, I'm investing time no matter what you do, is a much better way to position yourself as a business owner. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and, and it shows accountability on both parts. And that's one thing that if you look at it organically across business in general, you know, accountability is not where it needs to be. And that's what, so it's like the glue that, that puts that, that keeps everything together. And that's what allows you to grow, to have sustainable success is having that accountability. And this is a, you know, a great process that you're t- discussing here uh, in terms of, you know, any size organization that when they are going, you know, when they're you know, integrating and training their team, this is a way to keep them accountable. They, they, they have to have some skin in the game. And, and it's so important. So uh, we got about a, about a minute left. So what I wanted to do real quick is uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about on the next leg, we're going to be talking about 
the uh, you know the wellness side and some of the the benefits of how when you're able to bootstrap your business, you know what are some of the benefits? What are some of the things that will help you to have that balance in sustainability? Because that's just another component that's very very important here. So again. You are listening to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. I am Chris Salem, your host. And again, we have Nathan Hirsch, CEO of FreeUp.com with us. And we are going to be right back on our third leg. And we're going to be talking about how to have balance. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back. This is Chris Salem. I'm with CEO Nathan Hirsch from FreeUp.com. What I wanted to look at here, Nathan, we, we were talking about you know some of the processes and strategies about how bootstrapping can be uh, successful or have sustainable success for any size business. But there's probably, there's another component and you kind of touched on it a little bit about freeing up time for, you know, the entrepreneur business leader. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the wellness side, because when we look at sustainable success, oftentimes people, you know, forgo the wellness side. They don't see wellness as an important part 
in, in the overall process towards sustainability. And when we're talking about wellness, we're not talking just about, you know, physical wellness, like health and nutrition, but we're looking at the eight pillars of wellness, you know, emotional wellness, spiritual wellness, uh, financial wellness. There are many different moving variables of it that give us that balance to have that sustainability to execute and implement our uh, ideas and products and services to take that to the next level. So I wanted to talk about how does bootstrapping play a role in this and having balance, if you can expand on that. Yeah, so to me, that there's two levels of it. You're either, you're either freeing up your time to invest more in your company, um, which is kind of what I do because I'm a workaholic. So if I get an extra two hours in the day, I'm investing that right back. And then there's the lifestyle business, which um, you're freeing up your time to spend more time with your friends and family, to go on a vacation, to do things that you like doing. And it's almost like two ends of the spectrum, and almost no one is on the extreme of either end. There's always some balance, and it's really where you fall. Um, but getting, getting your nights and getting your weekends back is really one of the first things I try to encourage people to do once they've had a little bit of success in your business. Because the first six months of starting your company, even the first year, can be extreme. I remember I was in college. Um, I was running my multi-million dollar Amazon business on my college dorm room, going to class, trying to get straight A's, um, hanging out with friends. I had a girlfriend at the time. I was in a fraternity. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on, and it was crazy. It was nonstop, and I really had no time to, to relax or breathe. But once I got to the point where the company was doing well and making money, I realized, you know what, this is not sustainable. I need to, to treat myself better and focus on my wellness. So the first thing I did is I realized that on Friday and Saturday nights, emails would come in, and all I could think about was those emails, and I didn't want the, any customers um, sitting there while um, I was out, so I would respond to them. And then I also realized early in the morning, that's when a lot of business happened, so I needed some coverage there and across the weekend. So I try to encourage my clients to get people, get workers in place, get freelancers in place to get your, your me time back. And then once you do that, you can start to relax a little bit. Business becomes fun again after that six months or one year grind. Um, and, and you can do more. You sleep more. You have more energy. You can think of new ideas rather than constantly worrying about the business 24-7. No, that's so true because, you know, burnout is inevitable uh, when that happens. And, you know, again, you know, it's really important to really put everything in perspective. We were talking about how, you know, some ways to automate in this case, without technology, you know, you know, really focusing on plugging in the right people, you know, remote workers or freelancers that will enhance those weaknesses towards your strengths that will help to automate your business. And this is so important. And, you know, taking time to put wellness first also is powerful because it empowers other people, whether if they're working for you or indirectly, if they are freelancers, they pick up on that. They pick up on that energy. And, you know, if you look at the companies that are, have been sustainable and have that success where they continue to raise their growth to another level, they do things differently. They put wellness first. You know, companies like Zappos, Apple, Google, you know, just to give you an example, these companies operate differently than most traditional companies. And this is such, such an important area that I think that, you know, a lot of times companies view as an expense rather than uh, as an asset, because it's very, very important. And what are some of the, like I said, when, when you're able to have some of that time back, you know, if, as a business owner, Nathan, and what, are, what would be, you know, if people are really listening to this more for like, what does that mean to my business? 
you know, what is that? What are some of the benefits that they're going to see in their business by, you know, addressing having that balance with their wellness? Sure. So one of the biggest things that I see is when I get out of the day-to-day operations for a day, I come up with some of my best ideas. There have been times where I have workers covering my Skype and email. Maybe I take a Friday afternoon to myself after things have slowed down and I finished up a week. Maybe I get a beer with Connor, my business partner, and we don't have to worry about anything that's going on currently. And we can just talk and brainstorm and and just think of ways to improve in the future and set goals and have it with a clear mind without worrying about the company. Um, So, I mean, for me, that's always good. Um, Obviously, getting away. I'm about to go on vacation on Thursday. It's much needed. I can tell that I'm on that burnt out mode. But when I come back from vacation, I'm ready to roll. I I have some of my most productive, most profitable weeks following when I get back. And it almost encourages me to take more time off because when you come back rested, opposed to maybe working through the weekend, you can get a lot more done. And And it trickles down. If you're the owner of the company and you're burnt out, even if you act like you're not, people can tell. People know when you're on top of your game or when you're having a day off. So when you come in with a lot of energy, well-rested, it trickles down from, from you to your managers all the way down to your lowest level worker. No, that is so true. And, and, you know, we, you know, especially here in North America, we live, you know, in a society and even with businesses where we have two weeks of vacation but yet, many times, a lot of people don't even take their two weeks to even take the vacation. They end up working through the vacation. They feel that, you know, if they work, 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 that is going to make them, you know, that's going to allow their businesses to grow and take that to another level. While that may be important or maybe true in the beginning, but for sustainable success, it actually will have the opposite effect. And that is so true. Um, to let you know, Nathan, I'm, I'm a big advocate of meditation. I meditate daily, 15 minutes a day, early in the morning. And then I work in intervals of 50 minutes on important with my most important tasks first before moving on to the next. And 10 minutes before the hour, when I take a break, you know, I'm not, you know, just checking out my social media. I'm not drifting on the Internet. I'm just, you know, I'm closing my eyes and just doing a mini meditation, just, you know, getting back into the moment. Because when I'm able to get in the moment, I can offset that stress, that fear, and also any anxiety that if I'm projecting in the future. And it keeps me focused where when I have that clarity, you're able to see more opportunity around you. And, and you mentioned about you know some of your best ideas come when you have been rested or have taken a vacation or some time off. And that is so true. And I think it's like you said, it, it takes, you know, it, it's going to take some you know, understanding and some time and, you know, with people to understand how important this plays a role in uh, sustainability for their businesses. So in terms of uh, any, anything related to this area, what are some of the things that, you know, that in addition to what you described that you do, and then that you empower others to do in their business when it comes to having balance? Yeah, one quick note on that. So balance is not just about you. It's about your workers, too. So I yep. have this incredible bookkeeper that, um, I mean, he he blows my mind how much he knows. He's young. He's has a great attitude. He, he's created a lot of processes and systems that I haven't been able to do. And earlier this year, so I run two, well, my first business is e-commerce. The second one works with a lot of e-commerce businesses. So the fourth quarter is our craziest time. It's when everyone's shopping for the holidays. And I noticed earlier this year that all of a sudden some mistakes were popping up 
that normally didn't happen. And I, I quickly realized that he was just burnt out. He was a workaholic like me. Um, he had worked through the busy season. He hadn't taken time off in a while. So I gave him a four-day weekend, and I was like, hey, I'm not angry. Like, you've done an awesome job. You deserve this. I'll pay you for this time. Go take the weekend off. And he came back, and there's been no issues, and he was there to crush it. So part of being a manager and an entrepreneur and an owner um, is realizing when your workers need breaks and when they need to be rewarded and, and when they need to clear their head just as much as you have to do it yourself. No, no, so true. So true. You know, again, you know, it's about being an example and empowering others. Balance is, is about, you know, everybody that's involved in the organization, whether if they're a freelancer or an employee. Nathan, this and is then, such great information. I am so, our listeners are, I believe, are going to be so thankful for this and, and the people that will be listening on demand. I wanted to give this time just to kind of, you know, talk about some of the things that you're working on, what you're doing, where people can find you to obtain more information uh, about this area and the great things that you're doing. Absolutely. So a little bit about free up. Um, instead of being a marketplace where you post a job and you get 100 applicants, and you interview them one by one, and it takes forever and you don't really know what you're going to get, we do it differently. We get hundreds of applicants every week to get into our network, both U.S. and non-U.S. workers with a variety of skill sets. We take the top 1%. We add them to our network, and we make them available to our clients on a first-come, first-served basis. So our clients love it because it's free to sign up. There's no monthly fee. You get access to top workers. We're hands-on to make sure you have a good experience, and we're insurance against turnover. If the workers quit for any reason, which rarely happens, but we're there to cover all retraining, all replacement costs, and get you a new worker right away. Um, If you go to freeup.com with three E's, you can schedule a meeting with me right at the top. I'd love to talk to you one-on-one about your business and how we can help you, even if you're not ready to hire yet. Um, You can also check out the online hiring mastermind group. We post a lot of great content there to assist you um, with your workers. Uh, You can check out my book, Free Up Your Business, about bootstrapping million-dollar companies. Um, And you can also check out the Free Up blog, which we're constantly updating with tips and feedback and advice on how to get the most out of your workforce. Fabulous. Fabulous. This was uh, some great content today. And you know, again, folks, that anybody listening here, uh, I'm hoping you take some of this information shared today and begin to really think about and implement this into your process because it's it's so important. And again, you know, don't forget about the wellness side. Again, uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, you know uh, listening today to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. Again, you've uh, been listening to Chris Salem and Nathan Hirsch, CEO of FreeUp.com. We want to thank everybody that listened listen today. And again, we'll be bringing some valuable content going forward. And, and again, come join us every Wednesday at 11 a.m. East Coast time, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And again, you can find updates on Voice America Influencer Channel or Facebook at the Sustainable Success page. Again, Nathan, thank you so much for your time today. And again, everyone that joined us, we thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.